Hello friends and welcome to my podcast, A Gem to Remember. I am your host, Julia Christine, and I am thrilled to be here and to have you with me on this journey. A Gem to Remember was inspired by listening to many up-close true stories told by my family and friends. Each week, you'll hear one-of-a-kind interviews recalling good and difficult memories that reflect gleams of God's goodness onto life now. Come find hope and encouragement from brothers and sisters who testify to God's plan and help remind us that everything happens for a reason. I invite you to sit back, open your heart, and rest knowing that there is something here for you that God wants you to find and remember. joining us for another episode of A Gem to Remember. I'm all moved into my new apartment in Cedar Falls. It's been an amazing three days. I'm learning how to cook meals, so that's great. I cooked my first meal and did not burn the apartment down, Um, so I'm feeling good about that. (laughs) All right, in today's episode of A Gem to Remember, I am joined by Cameron Moore, one of my very dear friends who I met freshman year of college. That feels like it was so long ago. Um, It was actually welcoming week before classes had even started yet. And we met at an outdoor dance party that was out on the lawn. It was held by one of the campus ministries. Um, And so I vividly remember that music was blaring and the get up song came on and she taught me the dance. Like she took the center of the dance floor and confidently showed me how to dance to this song. I don't know if I still could, but she taught me. Um, (laughs) So Cam is setting to become a nurse where she is going to use her compassionate heart, her amazing listening skills and her genuine care for others to just love people the way that Jesus does. I'm so excited to see how that plays out in your future, Cam, because you are meant to do that and to care for other people. Uh, We actually just met for iced coffee today and had so much to talk about, and we decided, hey, let's record an episode. She's so spontaneous, I could not say no. Um, And so, Cam, thank you so much for wanting to do this and for just asking me if if we could do the podcast. I love it. Oh my gosh, my heart. That was the best intro ever. <laughs> you oh, you're so it. sweet. You're so sweet. Thank uh, you. Those yes. mean a lot to me. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. So I'm just going to start out by asking you the question I ask everyone at the okay. beginning of the podcast. So what is a life hack you've discovered recently or in the past that has been a game changer ever since? Okay, so my sister actually taught me this life hack. So um, you do your makeup, right? This is for the ladies out there. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) not the guys. (laughs) Um, So you do your makeup like normal, but instead of using like powdered blush, you take like an old lipstick, you know, like a light pink to a dark red. Um, You like dab it on your cheekbones, and then you take a beauty blender, you wet it, so you get it nice and so technical. (laughs) I love it. I know you have to do this, and then you really just like blend it in your face, and it looks like almost like a sun-kissed natural sunburn it just gets color to your face like it is a game changer oh my gosh shout out mara thank you for that yes okay (laughs) her sister coming through here with the makeup advice that's awesome and she does look like she's glowing so i am here to to clarify that it does work and to let you guys know that it does so there you go there's our life hack for this episode Um, You guys, we have some great conversation topics lined up for y'all today, and I'm going to start off by giving Cam a little bit of a chance to tell us about her past relationship, one in particular that she wants to share, that sets us up to talk about relationships. So Cam, take it away. All right. Okay, so this relationship, um, I was a freshman in college. I'm a junior now, so about two years ago. um, I kind of was in... A friend group that was not centered around Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And anytime you're with people, they have such 
great influence on you. So it kind of led me astray. And I met this guy. Um, and I, my intentions were not spiritual. Um, it was just nice to have a boyfriend in college, someone to kind of be your support system. He got along with my friends. Um, it just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah it, really though. Um, it just kind of happened. And, you know, I just kind of went along with it. And I don't know, one day, four to five months into the relationship, God was like, you know, where are you? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are you doing? You know, like, That's convicting. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, okay, God, you know, I hear yeah. you. So I got slowly but surely back into, um, my relationship with God and then piece by piece, it, it's almost like a death by a thousand cuts, you know, like mm. you start feeling, you know, with sin, it comes to a point where you sin so much, it feels numb. Mm. And then when God wakes you up, it's kind of overbearing. And so I tried to kind of turn things around without ending the relationship. And I truly feel like that was my first mistake is I should have ended it and I should have just reconnected with God. Maybe later down the road, we could have gotten back together, but I didn't because I'm a people pleaser. And yeah, that's a hard trap to fall into. It is. And when you're a people pleaser, there's so much power that goes into that, that I, I let the power of people pleasing take over my decisions, my Mm -hmm. thoughts, my actions, you know, forget about me and how I feel or what God says is true. As long as this person's happy. Okay. You know, I am a non-confrontational person either. So as long as things are good. Mm-hmm. we're good right so um yeah I got to the point where I was the leader in the relationship spiritually mm-hmm. and God calls us for the men to be mm-hmm. um the leader and whew, that was hard um it got to the point where he read the bible for me he went to church for me he prayed for me and I'm not God, and that was a lot of pressure. Um, It turned into spiritual anxiety. Um, It overtook me. Um, Every time, after we would hang out, it usually looked like me crying on the way home, Um, me just begging God to help me relieve this guilt and the weight of the world on my shoulders, and I just stayed in the relationship for about a year. That, Cam, what you're saying is so relatable. And I feel yeah. like there are so many women out there yeah. listening to this thinking, I have been there or I am there right now in mm-hmm. a place where I want to please this guy mm-hmm. that I'm with. So I'm staying with him. They feel mm-hmm. stuck. And when it comes to God being in their relationship, if they feel like they're leading it, um, that's pressure that we're not called to hold. Exactly. Um, before we even get into the role of that men and women have to play in a relationship. I would just say that when you were saying he was doing these things for you, mm-hmm. he, he was praying because that made you happy. He was going to church because that made you happy. It wasn't between him and Jesus. It was exactly. between you and him and, and his desire to just satisfy your yearning for God, not his own. And so right. I just want to, you know, say for the listeners and, and for us, it has to be a personal choice. And exactly. so I just wanted to get that out there. I think that's huge. And if that's happening in your relationship, um, it's something we're talking about and addressing, right? Um, but I know we wanted to get into 
that yeah, God calls us in a special way as men and women to play a different role in the relationship and how men are meant to lead the family and, and have this, this role. And that's not to say women don't have an important role, right? Um, as we were talking before, women are called more to be the nurturers and people who encourage. And so I know that's resonated with me personally. I embrace that part of who I am. And so, yeah, if you want to speak into that a little bit too. Right. Um, so yeah, that was also something that was spiritually draining was we truly are not called to lead the relationship. The men are, and our role, I feel as though is our role is to support their decisions, to nurture them in the good times and the bad times and exactly help guide them. But their role truly is to lead us to God. Yeah. And when that's put on you, God never made us for that. Yeah. So that's, I feel like, where spiritual anxiety can come from. And I truly feel like spiritual anxiety is a way for God to kind of let you feel that sin Mm -hmm. and turn away from that pain, anxiety, fear um, back to him. And I just didn't learn that fast enough. You know, I took my sweet time. And there was something that he needed to teach you in that right, time, right? Right, And it's truly, you know, go into a relationship with the intentions of being equally yoked. Um, so in 2 Corinthians six fourteen through 15, it talks about, you know, relationships. You should be spiritually at the same level. Mm-hmm. You should pursue Christ. Your relationship at, yeah. should at very, very middle, at the core of the relationship, it should be to love Jesus, to pursue Jesus, yeah. to um, please God, to do his works mm-hmm. for the kingdom. Oh, um, that's so true. I know. And when I was talking to a friend about this a few days ago, and it's just that picture of if you and your person are running towards God, it should be at the pace that you're both in love. That equally yoked is a hard term. I get that. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking, literally, what does that mean? <laughs> um, you're not alone. <laughs> um, but running towards the Lord at the same pace. You love him the same. You have the same desire to please him so that when you're running, it's not one person dragging the other. I can't, you know, I can't emphasize that enough that it can't be a dragging because the person pulling, like you said, is going to experience spiritual anxiety, feel overwhelming pressure. And like they're, they're not doing enough to get that person there. And the person being dragged at the same time, nobody wants that either. And so that's, why being equally yoked is so important. So something I want to add to that analogy too is, you know, if that person's being dragged behind, something extremely significant and important God wanted me to learn from this relationship is no matter how much I love and care for them and I want someone to know Jesus, I cannot change them, only Christ can. And that was something that was really hard to swallow because you know, you love, you love someone. So much. Exactly. And this doesn't even have to be with, you know, relationships, girlfriend, boyfriend. This could be your parents. A friend. A friend. Exactly. So true. Right. You want them to know the love of Jesus Christ. You want them to know all the good things that God can give them, give them life, you know, let them thrive. Um, not just survive. Right. That. But you cannot change them. You can't. It's impossible. Ugh. Only Jesus can. Um you can give them resources, you can encourage them, support them, put them in the right direction. Just understand though that there's nothing you can do. And it took me a year to realize that. Yeah. A year of pain and um, just loss. Um, because I thought I could do it. 
Uh, and God's like, no, only I can. And it's on his timing. It's not on your own. So I just wanted to add that. Uh, you have to surrender that control yes. factor. Mm-hmm. I needed to hear that, Cameron. So thank you for mm-hmm. adding that because that's something that is really hard for me. So yes, thank you for that. Of course. Um, so I do want to <laughs> ask you a question. It just kind of popped into my head. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so how do you feel about the talking phase of a relationship? Oh. The talking phase. Yeah. The talking phase, I think, is dangerous. I think it's a really dangerous place um, to put yourself. There's so many things that come with it. Um, I think it's a safe place that people like to come to satisfy their in-between needs. It keeps them from being committed. Oh, Um, honestly. And I think that we need to go about it differently. Oh, that's a tricky question. How do you feel? I don't know. I... I think it's hard for people to give up the talking phase um, because it is so safe. It's Mm. a place where, you know, you can leave if you want to, you can stay, you can pursue certain things or you don't have to pursue certain things. It could be all over social media, like Snapchat, texting, Instagram, or it could be in person to, you know, fulfill the needs you need now. But when someone better comes along or more interesting or more attractive, that talking phase, you can drop it like sack of rocks. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Mm-hmm. It's like a cycle. It okay? is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I have to reference this book. It's called Emo- Emotional Virtue by Sarah Swafford, and she talks about the cycle of use, and I think that's exactly what you're talking about, how you use the people for what you need them for at that time, but if you're done with them at any time, you can drop them, and you right. can move on and right. go use the next person in this talking phase. Right, and honestly, I think it's a fake it's so fake too. You can put on your best front, but with the talking phase, you don't have to show them the ugly side of your life. Oh. You can make things, you know, I have my life quote here's put together. Yeah, here's my yeah. best self. So then when you're actually committed and something goes wrong, mm. oh, this is how I rela- react to certain bad situations or good so situations. True. So I think it's really dangerous. I think and it's I think it's fake, too. honestly. Yeah, I think I, I think it is. I think it 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 propels us to be fake. I think mm-hmm. that you wouldn't want to say, well, we're just talking. We're, we're getting to know each other. But all these things that we fall into, these habits, they're easy. Um, but that doesn't mean they're right. And so I think it'd be important for us to even reflect on quickly too. Like, how can we change that? And I think it's all about the intentions, right? Absolutely. We were talking before. And I think if you think about it as pursuing that other person um, and wanting the best for them through a godly perspective then it changes everything. Um, it doesn't become something that's so casual. It Ooh, it becomes yeah. something that's more, okay, I um, you know, I can spend time with this person and see where we're both at. Are we equally equally yoked? Right, you know, it's right. all about the intentions. Exactly. And how you react to certain situations. Yeah. I, th- I think that's one of the biggest thing with the talking phase is that fake aspect. But when you go in with intentions and intentions. you set kind of like, not necessarily boundaries, but... What do we want out of this? Where are we you know, going? Exactly, what direction are we exactly. moving? You know, there, I feel like there's steps too. You know, the talking phase, you know, it could go where, where, wherever you want it to go. Right. But like when you set those intentions, okay, are we going to be friends right. who, you know, point each other to Christ or are we going to date? And yeah. then eventually marry. You know, like, what's the yes. point of dating if you don't have a future with them? Oh, uh, so true. And I think something that's really hard about dating now too is that you can still go into it with intentionality and then find out that it doesn't work. And exactly. you can say, hey, 
we actually, I, we're not, we're not meant for it. We're not moving in the same direction. We don't have the same um, ideas for a relationship, and it's okay to then you know, stop. Exactly. And I think that's what people think is either they're in this talking phase or they have to be deeply, devoutly committed. There's right. no in between of just pursuing a person with, right. with godly intentions. Oh, that's and so good. Yeah. I it's, mean, it's clarifying to people. Yes, yeah. So clarifying. So ladies, men, if you're in that place, let this just be some encouragement to you to, to not find yourself in the talking phase or where you feel like you have to be stuck in a relationship. Uh, cause I think that happens. Mm-hmm. So I think that something that's really difficult is the world is what pours into this thought, oh, right? The yeah. world has so much influence on us and it sets us up to have such unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. And so, Cam, how do you feel like that's affected the way you thought of relationships thus far in your life? Um, and what has that been like for you? So I think, you know, the world plays such a part in relationships and love. Mm-hmm. Um, TV shows, movies, books, literally anything that could entertain you, some form of the way the world says love should be is in your head because you watch these shows. You consume it. You consume it. And right. it's there whether you say, I want to remember that or not. Exactly. Exactly. So I feel like unintentionally I had the movie love story, you know, everything's perfect. Yeah. Oh, we have a few bumps in the road. It'll take couple days we'll be fine yeah no it's not that That's at not all realistic no it's That's not, not how love works right you know um love is a choice you have <laughs> yes, to choose to love someone through whatever emotion they're going through and I think another thing too is you know for me my emotions influenced my choice and my choice was either to love that person that hour that minute that day Ugh. or to not love that person that hour that minute that day mm-hmm. um and that's not what god says love is um you know god's greatest example that we could ever look to for love is jesus dying on the cross for us yeah. and it was a choice he looked at that cross and he saw every single one of us and he chose to literally die the worst death, the most unfair, the most crucial death, because he chose the cross for us. He chose to love us. He chose to take on the sins of the world for us. So if Jesus Christ can do that, I can choose to love people. I can choose to look at that person, whether it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever, and see Jesus on the cross and say, okay, you know what? That person is a child of God. That person is defined by God. Mm. I can choose to love them. And I feel like the world says no to that. That The world says, well, that person did you wrong. Don't ever talk to them again. You know, yeah. that person deserves this. That person deserves that for what they did. But that's oh. not what God says love is. So. Damn, there's so many things I would... You're so right. I mean, speak, preach, yeah. girl, seriously. I'm like sweating over because here. <laughs> that is, that's raw truth. And I yeah. think what better way to remind ourselves how to love people than to look to the greatest, biggest, most profound act of love right. there was. And that was right. Jesus dying on the cross for us. So thank you for bringing that into this because how could we forget to, to look at that? Right. Um, and I think that the thing that makes it so difficult, like we're saying, the world teaches us that love should feel good and that it oh, should be mm-hmm. it should be easy it yes. should be you know beautiful and those small bumps that come mm-hmm. they should they should come and go quickly 
And in fact, Jesus showed us that his greatest act of love, he actually had to go through suffering first. He had to, he had to Ooh, die. So he had to conquer death. Um, and so love is difficult and it is a choice. And I love that you said that as we were talking earlier, that's something I've discovered in this season of my life is that um, before I also was a romance junkie. I read books that I shouldn't have <laughs> read as a young teenager and, and watched movies. And it totally messed up my perception of love. It was mm-hmm. not based on God and the way he loved me. And so I've learned in this season of life, there are days I wake up and the person that I'm with, I you know don't feel gushy over them. I don't want to you know say all these lovey-dovey things, but I have to choose to love them. Um, just like Jesus chooses to love us even though we sin. So I think that that's just so beautiful and I, I want you to kind of leave us with with something to remember. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask, how does God's goodness come through this situation and your situation, leaving you and our listeners with a gem to remember? Um, so I honestly, I'm just gonna sum up into kind of like a phrase. Yeah. Um, and the phrase I came up with was, God chooses to love us sinners. Therefore, any love is a choice that can't be defined by our emotions or actions but she to be fine by what God says is true and what his greatest example of love is, which is Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, that's so good. That's a beautiful gem to leave the listeners with. Um, it's all God. It's all God. Glory. It's all God. Yes, glory to you, Father, for this conversation. Cameron, I love the spontaneity behind oh, this recording too. today. It was so a good. gift. Thank you so much for bringing all of your experience and wisdom to this episode. Oh. It's been on my bucket list to be on this. So I'm so excited. (laughs) Well, everybody is about to be blessed by this. So thank you you so much. Thank you so much, Julia. Bye, guys. Bye. From the bottom of my heart, I want you to know that it truly means a lot to have you along with me on this journey of a gem to remember. This would not be possible without the love and support of my family and friends or you, the listeners. Follow my Instagram page at a gem to remember for more information and updates on the podcast and its featured guests. Come back next week and tune in again for another gem. Until then, God bless.